Yeah, so we thought this morning we'd just read the second script uh, from a couple of weeks back that uh, we shared together and, um, yeah, just chat about a few elements of it. The uh, I kind of just got on, uh, on the day and tried to expand on Facebook um, that while this is kind of like potentially a bit like naively idealistic and potentially a bit trite. Um, this was kind of cobbled together from a bunch of experiences that I have witnessed in communities and Christian communities and churches and things over the years. And so, uh, and also undergirded by a bunch of theology and my thoughts about um, the way Christian community um, might be and what we might be invited into. And uh, it was quick to preface that with by saying that uh, no church has ever actually functioned entirely like this, but I still think there's beauty in the invitation. And this is something that I think it's really important to kind of note, I guess, that this is something that no church as such can actually offer us um, because it only comes about by us receiving an invitation and participating in it together. It's kind of like a commitment to the way we see each other and the way we treat each other and the way we care for each other. And while institutions can kind of work for or against this and the way they set themselves up, they can facilitate it or, um, or facilitate empire and neoliberalism as, as many do. Um, there's uh, the only way this can actually kind of come about is if we kind of commit to treating each other uh, by this logic. But I guess the step before that is to realize that this, first and foremost, is an invitation to humanity from God. Uh, obviously not this exact script because I don't claim to write on behalf of God um, as some gospel authors do. But uh, <laughs> but um, I, I I think that like this, this logic is really born out of relationship and invitation. And so it was kind of my attempt to describe some of the things that we are being invited, uh, invited into. And a good chunk of it, particularly the start, kind of is framed by Matthew 11, 28 to 29, which I'll read to you, which is Jesus speaking to a crowd where he says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I guess the beauty of that, statement as he was talking to a bunch of people who were disenfranchised in their own land, who were experiencing a crushing empire, who are many of them are experiencing a crushing religion or crushing forms of religion. And again, this is not kind of open season against Judaism, um, but for some of the, some of the traditions around at the time where um, some of the Pharisees were trying to uh, kind of overkeep the law or be extra pure to make sure that God returned um, were really burdensome on people who already were subsistence farmers who were being overtaxed or having their lands removed who were already struggling so much. And I, I think that's the, the kindness that's in that statement. Um, the recognition of the burdens on people already just from everyday life and the idea that we would be tethered to to someone and tethered to, tethered to the divine in a way that actually would help us share and pull the load rather than heaping more pressure and weight upon us. I think it's just such a beautiful invitation. Uh, my strong sense is that as a community, the only way we can kind of operate with this logic is if it's something that 
we soak in and that we realize we are invited to into ourselves that this is a gift from beyond this is a gift from the divine this is the way that god sees us and that because of that because we are held in that we can resist the fear um so much of the neoliberal script the first script that i read i think is driven by the fear that autonomy is the only safe way and there are lots of examples of showing us that autonomy is safer than coercive community um autonomy is safer than uh, having our freedom limited autonomy is safer than being let down by other people but if we are invited into this relationship um then perhaps sharing is possible then perhaps kindness is possible then perhaps mutual interdependence is possible um in ways that aren't coercive so yeah today i just thought um i would read the script and then we would think from the lens first and foremost of um what bits resonate with you that you feel like you have been you have experienced in your relationship with god and god through others and then which bits in it do you feel like really drawn to but struggle to experience um so we'll have a little short time of discussion afterwards if you've got thoughts about stuff that kind of stands out in the way that um you relate to the divine or that you feel like that you long for but really struggle to um bear with bear with me i'm still kind of on the tail of a head cold so i'm trying to sniff too much i am covid free though so you won't even need your internet security protocols to keep you safe come you who are heavy laden all who flail and struggle his yoke is easy and his burden is light no you are not self-made you are made and you are loved and this is the truest thing about you loved and deeply known made to be truly seen before you did before you achieved before you impressed before your beauty was weighed and measured and calculated you were beloved remember nana's body frail pudgy flatulent perplexing lumps in irregular places toenails thick like pumice wasn't it this unkempt unfiltered body that felt so much like a home so come beloved join the table there is more than enough here enough love enough time enough resources enough to rest enough to say no bring your body with all of its quirks and all of its splendor for it too is loved not for what it can do but because it is here come gather around the fire where you are seen in kind light flickers of amber that forgive scars and smooth pockmarks that not do not draw attention to worn and blackened teeth huddle gather where you might shed the coat of being impressive and stand in the company of so many ragged bodies who crave warmth this is one place where we are not in competition we can all matter we can all share the space without anxiety there is not just you there is us the world does not turn on your axis and you are not responsible for keeping it spinning the moon does not crash into earth when you stumble we bear all things together and trust me this place has seen it all this way is not efficient not convenient 
not a fast track to anywhere. It is a slow pilgrimage whose regularity and rhythm does not fit easily into a spontaneous life. It will never be featured in broadsheet, awash with soft pastels, bookmarked under ready must try one day. The people won't always be new and interesting. They'll just be the same dorks that were there last week. It won't get you ahead, probably quite the opposite. It will likely leave you scrambling for a hastily constructed mistruth when asked what you did on the weekend. It will mean missing out. It'll mean saying no, turning down something prettier in the name of wiping tables, offering prayers, noticing who's missing tending the gentle flame of familiar presence, a haven in a scattered world. And verily I say unto you, you will also mess things up. You will bruise and wound others as you flail for safety, as surely as you will be bruised and wounded by others doing the same. And may you not be canceled, but invited to that most vulnerable of spaces, that difficult path where bitter tears are shed, humanity is laid bare, and true restoration is possible. This way is slow. It is not a key, a course, a retreat, a weekend of transformation. It only reveals itself in time, unfolding over sips of tea, crunches of crackers, the clink of dishes being washed, and unseemly snorts of laughter, unplanned tears, brave apologies, and trust that is earned in inches. Be held in the kind gaze of a people who know each other well enough to see through our best impressions of functional humans. You will be a burden. Get used to it. And you will bear burdens too. It is all just a matter of time. Put away your cape. No one gets to be a hero here, hovering over the masses, feet free of the muck, swooping in, scooping up the destitute to the chairs of the crowd. No. We're all just siblings here, each taking turns. Stay a while, be still, resist the urge if you are able to flee, to look for quick fixes, to earn your place. There are gifts here, hidden in surprising places from those we'd least expect. Gifts that cannot be bought or earned or acquired, but are only revealed when standing still. Be gently seen. And as you are, hear your true name, your true self on the lips of those who know you. Then speak, tapping wisdom, not fear, knowing that your voice belongs. And as you do, may you be folded into grace, into the rhythm of belonging, participating in the clatter and din of making ready a space for life to be shared. Take your place at the table, knowing your whole self is welcome here, and be reminded of that once again, that the truest things about you is that you belong and that you are loved. So yeah, if there's bits of that that you feel like, um, I guess, resonate with your connection with God, um, or bits of that that you long for but find hard to receive as gift, um, there's not that many of us, so you can just unmute yourself and feel free to share. I um, have like always felt this like longing for community and 
I've always really, like, I felt like I've always really struggled to find it. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Like, I think one of the things that um, stood out to me was the, like, how you said, um, like, it's not a quick thing and it takes, um, yeah, like, perseverance and showing up and, um, yeah, just being in a space I think that that um like I struggle with that um on two fronts of like I sometimes struggle to be consistent in um yeah in just I don't know I get bored of routine sometimes um but then also sometimes I get really scared that like why like putting in effort into people when they're just gonna leave as well um yeah, so it's that real kind of, yeah, weird thing of like, yeah, being scared. Mm. Um, so not doing anything and therefore, but also then not getting the benefits. And like um, I've definitely seen the opposite side of that where I've, um, yeah, kind of pushed in um, and, yeah, have a, an incredible small community around me. But, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Yeah, I think you're naming something, you know, I've had a lot of conversations recently about the experience of living in the, in the North for those of us who do and how transient it is and how hard it is to feel connected to a community where there's just so much movement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shane, did you write? Oh, sorry, did you write, did you write that? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it I just thought it's such a good summary of our church and kind of so much of our experience of church and I don't know. It was just kind of lovely to hear it reflected back. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. You want to know what, what's Fitzroy North Church like? That's it. Well, it's so nice to hear. I'm so glad that's your experience. Uh, I, um, I met with Kat and Jeremy last week to have my... Um, performance review and you still just, have a job? sorry you still have a job no well I, I two weeks more but um i had just listened to shane's talk and i was um i just had this the vision of light um and kind light and i, I was just thinking about the irish monks who you know kept the flame of learning alive during the dark ages and sort of that um that metaphor and that we have this experience now where we're trying to keep kind candlelight alive in the headwinds of neoliberalism, but also in the, the neon dazzling light. Um, so it, it's almost harder to, to keep something alive when, um, when you're in this context of dazzling light rather than a light in the darkness. Yeah. I think what stood out to me about that, Shane, was that um, it's always a process. And I think that, um, yeah, that like the choosing to see each other in generous terms and choosing to believe the best of each other um, when trying to make community, I suppose, like trying to make any relationship function well, um, yeah, is a real process. Like it, you don't just do it once. And I feel like, there's been glimpses of where I've seen this in our church and that's been really lovely. And then there's also glimpses where I don't see that in our church and 
like that's also okay that it's a practice and um trying to be good at it would almost be to negate the point <laughs> to be the best at being kind and the best at being generous so yeah i don't know i i i like that process and the unfolding of our community and i suppose that's what i'm committed to um being part of the church yeah um for me the whole um you know sharing and and, and bearing of, of burdens is a as as interesting thing like throughout or for me especially throughout my life it's always just like don't cause a fast just kind of stay in the periphery don't become a burden to anyone else and um that's you know kind of a um i don't know a constant thing, thing for me to not not just not be a a burden but it's like it's kind of like it's okay to have struggles in the community and get you know get help and to um need people i think is that um you're not kind of, you know, taking from someone. You're um, kind of being community-ish, I guess, is the, the thing. Yeah. I also think in, like, that act of being being vulnerable and, and asking for help is opening up a space for other people to do that as well. And, yeah, and then that's, that's the community part. And I think that the first the first person to open up in a space is always the hardest. Mm. Yeah, one of the things I think about with that, um, I thought about a lot recently is um, there's just load distribution <laughs> about um, how we have kind of moved to a model where nuclear family, um, for those who have functional nuclear families, which is fewer and fewer people, um, and then friendship cluster kind of has to carry the, the load of our suffering together. Um, but all of those things are such small pools of resource that it doesn't take much for, um, you know, two or three concurrent um, <laughs> traumas <laughs> in a friendship circle. And it really struggles to metabolize that load. And about the, I, I guess, the, again, the, the best of my church experience um, for all of its tragedies has been having a network big enough to carry and metabolize the workings out that are happening in amongst it um, in a way that doesn't kind of threaten to crush it at all times. Um, and I feel like our kind of like beyond ourselves, our next safest tier of relationship is kind of like our friends. Um, but that's not a huge, that isn't necessarily a huge pool either in terms of being able to kind of bear vulnerability and provide wisdom and provide care. And especially because our friendships are often people of our, of similar life stages to us. Um, and so often the help we need is people who are from different life stages than us. Like any, any new parent can attest if you're the last in your new parents friendship group to have a kid, <laughs> Everyone's already everyone's already overloaded, and what you actually need is grandmas and aunties, and you know, all that stuff. Um, but it just kind of speaks for, yeah, so many of the of the of the kind of ways in which we need care to depend 
just on a really small pool comes with inherent risk as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Su Susie and I have been watching Love on the Spectrum, which is on ABC, I view it's so, such an amazing show, but just that, that vision of um, yeah, people on the autism spectrum being at home in their 20s and um, so that we'll look at people in their 20s uh, and almost all of them living at home and then you as we watch you know we project forward 20 years and you know suddenly these people now in their 40s living with frail parents and the yeah it, it yeah just underlying Shane's point that um, it does feel like the neoliberal society we live in is it's just a lottery and if you just get dealt the wrong hand then you just don't have any of the things that you need um and it just seems um yeah a very cruel lottery at that mm. yeah um just to kind of end on a because <laughs> we're trying to make this morning a kind and less despairing one um is it is it is there anyone who feels a particular resonance in the way that this reflects their relationship with either church community or with God? <laughs> it's not, um, it's not like so much a resonance with, with church community or God, but just on a positive side, the whole area of not having to impress, um, and the truest thing about you is that you belong and that you are loved is like that's, oh, it's just like a balm. It's like um, like even coming to Zoom, I sort of feel like I have to get my hair in the right place and we're turning up on um, on Sunday, I think about, well, what do I wear? And because I don't always get along to church and um, and I feel like you're like in a group of intelligent people and it's, it's quite... Um, like me to think that other people are somehow a bit better at that and feel like I need to impress. So um, there's something, it's like I just like to read that every day and there's something about having read that this week on Facebook and you reading it again now that just like settles me and makes me look at things differently. And there's, it's almost like there's a freedom in it. There's also a cost in it because if you can impress, there's some sort of dopamine hit from that that you get that's like, oh, <laughs> or ego hit or something like that. But um, but it's actually, I don't think I've ever had it said like that in a church before, um, had it, and particularly about you will mess up and you will be a burden to people. That's That's hard to accept when we're from a culture that we're meant to be bright and shiny and we can do anything. So it's more that you actually speaking it out sort of starts to create that in me and or or affirm any part of me that might have wanted that to be like that. Yeah. Thanks so much, Danielle. All right. I think on that we can eat and drink together. Um, yeah and just reflect back on Jesus as the one who invited us, um, who is so aware, so in tune with the burden upon people and as people who feel like we've got quite a load at the moment, um, just accepting that grace and that kindness um, and doing what we can to accept that gift and to trust um, that even 
in this even here, that God is kind and that there is enough. So let's eat and drink together.